Welcome to Dogsthorpe Infant School Launchpad. Eddie has his paw excitedly poised over the launch button and he has some great guests waiting to meet us. So just sit back and enjoy the show. This is your captain speaking. We've been cleared for departure. OK, Eddie, start the countdown. Five, four, three, two, one. You're listening to Launchpad, the Dogsthorpe Infant School podcast. Our guest on this episode of Launchpad is Sophie Garner. Sophie, it's lovely to have you on the show. Thank you so much for inviting me, Dave. No problem at all. Now, I know music is your bag, if we can use an old 60s phrase. Um, <laughs> what, what exactly would you like to say to our listeners today? Well, I have a phrase and it's kind of become my my catchphrase which encompasses everything that I do and that's if you can't say it sing it and when I when I say that in a nutshell children often can't express their emotions they don't know how to verbalize or they're too scared to verbalize and so by a process of songwriting and singing it gives children a really powerful fun and safe way to say what they need to say but through songwriting so if you can't say it sing it and that goes for adults as well you know when adults are frustrated they'll put on a song and sing their heart out often in the car it's it's a very it's a very spiritual thing isn't it i mean it can it yeah. can it can lift our spirits it can take us to a different place in time or a different place on the, in the world a planet you know you just hear one piece of music whether that's house planet suite or whether that's a, a pop song you're transported by music aren't you yeah and there's a there's a, a lot of research about the the memories that we have so for instance i i work a lot with dementia and i i go into residential care homes and obviously we know that in in dementia care homes you'll you'll have ladies and gentlemen that are, are remembering songs from their teenagers and and the research tells us that because the the music that we really connect with tends to happen between the ages of 16 and 22 which of course is a period of time where we have a lot of life changes we're leaving school we're discovering let's just say you know going with another person <laughs> you know and enjoying their company starting a new job it's a life-changing period and we go back to that time we we find our peer groups through music you know when i was when i was a teenager i was heavily into punk nobody else was at school so i found my peer groups and i was drawn to them because we had that commonality so music absolutely we we're transported to a time and we can smell 
and we're in a place and we remember the lyrics. They, you know, I don't know if you've ever done this day, but if you put on a song or a song comes on the radio, the words are just coming out of your mouth and you're like, I can't believe I can remember this, but you can't remember what you did yesterday. So powerful. And and you're in the moment. You forget about all your worries and all your problems. I When I'm on stage, there's nothing else matters. I could, you know, I could have had a really terrible day, but when I'm on stage with my band, I'm just there, I'm focused. And it, it's a natural drug. The endorphins are rushing. You know, it's just incredible. How important would you say music is to the education of children and young people? Far more than it currently is. I mean, I, I'll i give you an example. I, I was made redundant from a primary school um, three years ago and I was in the most incredible opportunity. I was on a contract, which the school said to me at the time was really rare and I taught every single child in the school from nursery and reception right up to year seven and I had everybody for an hour a week and I had the most incredible room I was able to decorate it so I had a timeline of music from Bach right the way through to now and I could cover whatever I liked as long as I obviously met the components of the curriculum and then I was made redundant because they couldn't afford to keep me which I completely understand I wasn't cheap However, when they made me redundant and I said to them, you know, what, what's the reason? And they said, because we can't afford you. That would have been fine. But they then gave a second reason and they went, because we don't feel music's important in the curriculum. At which time I lost my rag and I went, that's your opinion, but it ain't fact. And this was at the time, it was very raw for me because I was in the last um, two years of a master's degree. And my research was focused on singing and well-being. And at the time, I'd, I'd begun to write a songwriting programme, which I tested and trialled within the school and within all the students that I work, was working with at home and after school clubs and also in brain injury because I, I work with stroke patients as well. So I work for Headway once a week. So I knew the power of music to build children's confidence, resilience, to help them express themselves through creativity. So that was really raw for me and just fueled me to go on to do more. You know, it's it's like that kind of thing when somebody says to you, you can't do it. When somebody says that, most of us are obstinate and go, right, well, I'm going to prove you wrong. So it just, it fired me up. And then in a way they did, although it was horrendous to to have to leave the school and see all those children that, you know, many of which had special education needs and disabilities, to have to wave goodbye to that, it also fueled me to to go on to do what I'm now doing. It's interesting, isn't it, that how things have changed. I don't know what it was like at your school when you was at school, but I can clearly remember at my junior school, at Key Stage mm-hmm. 2, I can clearly remember listening to Peter and the Wolf and trying yes. to identify the musical instruments in, in that those pieces of music. Carnival of the Animals, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. And and somehow we've lost that. Um, yeah. And I know that some schools, if they've got the time to do it and they've got the money to do it, still do it. 
Um, yeah. But there's a lot of schools that don't. And I think we've, we may have thrown the baby out with the bathwater. I look at uh, the way that we use music at Dogsthorpe Infants. As soon as they, the, the children come in, age four, we can identify mm-hmm. their language skills by singing a song or learning Fantastic. a song. So there's recollection. There's about uh, we can teach them the alphabet through a song. You know, and all Absolutely. those things we can do with small children. But then when, when the going gets tough and, and we start then moving into Key Stage 2 and Key Stage 3, uh, I, I wonder whether music could be more of a help to our, our children. Absolutely. Um, there's, th- there's been um, quite a lot of research into the development of children's brains. So, and, and this is quite alarming and quite frustrating research so between the ages of well literally one to four our creative brain is developing we haven't yet developed our literacy skills and yet this is being you know pushed upon children and not focusing on creative play you know, no, no shock why children in their break time just let rip. They they need that that outlet, and so creativity needs to be implemented in the curriculum in in key stage one. So it's amazing that you're doing that because I worked in a number of schools that didn't. But absolutely, in key stage two, when children are really starting to show signs of mental health issues, and as you probably know. For I think it's I don't know what the latest research is, but four children in every class. So let's say thirty children in a class as an undiagnosed mental health issue. That's shocking. You know that's that's heart wrenching to to know that 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 that's going on and and probably not being picked yeah. up and and recognised. And music really has a place then in going back to what I said at the beginning of our conversation. For children to to sing it, sing what they can't say, and I I often would pick up on issues that were happening at home through my after school songwriting club where children would be writing a song and I'd think something's going on here. I would then go to the head to say, look, I think we have an issue, and nine times out of ten I was right, and it was picked up through the power of songwriting. So incredibly. Potent and powerful tool. Whilst it would be, it would be clear to think, oh well, you know, if someone was looking at it at, from a distance, at, at the mm. sort of things that we do in schools, you could think, well, yeah. you know, maybe they should learn more about English and maths and and geography and and the world and and all of that stuff, and that is important. But, Absolutely. And it, but it's not just music; is not just about encouraging people to be musicians, is it? You know, Andy Bell lead singer of Erasure, started at yeah. Dogsthorpe Infants. And he's he's gone on record as saying his love of music started there. Well, he went on to be oh, a musician. Oh, that's so lovely. But it's yeah. also worth thinking about, and the, and I'm, I'm talking now not to you so much, Sophie, but to the maybe the politicians who are listening, um, yes. or, or the school leaders, or the school inspectors. Um, it's really important to remember that before people even picked up a pen, when you go back to the ancient tribes, 
They yeah, couldn't, we sang before. They couldn't write, oh. they couldn't read, yeah. but they and could sing. we communicated sing. through singing. Absolutely. Yeah, that came before speaking. Absolutely. Yeah. And banging. You know, um, look, at, look at, you know, where flutes came from. One yeah. of the first instruments was a bone flute. We communicated through our, our hands and making sounds that, you know, primeval self-expression mm. and and children when they go in a playground they don't just sit sit on the floor and have a conversation they make up songs and they dance and i remember doing elastics at school and you know hopscotch and ha clapping hands you know and and that's that's how we expressed ourselves before we then had to go back in the classroom and and sit and concentrate and music's been proven to increase social skills and it's maths you know music is maths it's rhythm and so having having say learning learning a, a maths equation through a song it's going to go into the brain because it's rhythmic and we so to learn to learn maths through a song it's going to go in it's going to stick yeah yep and and that's what we do at, at Dogsthorpe Infants. And we, for example, you know, we do the um, the Great Fire of London, but we don't just give them the facts. We sing them, we teach them a song. Oh, and they all sing it together. Well, okay, uh, you may not be able to do that with uh, um, a year eight or a year nine class, but you can still meet, learn music to uh, inspire and to... Um, move them forward in their learning by simply by learning what, music what, and so what, in what ways do you what? support learning uh, now what what do you do yourself sophie so i teach privately so i have students that come to my house i run four choirs they're adult choirs but i do have children that come with their parents which is a lovely dynamic and it actually works surprisingly given the age gap i'm now um i'm in the really lucky position that i um now have author representation with michael rosen's agent so which is which is just wonderful and speaking of books and their their job is to get people like me that have written a book but which also contains a workshop to go into schools so i'm going into some inner city schools um i'm going into primary schools to deliver my songwriting workshops and and that's a that's for upper key stage one and key stage two and, and also secondary schools so that's a big focus for me now my my desire and my kind of life goal is to get my books into every primary school in the country to teach teachers to go in and take my teacher training and teach teachers how to do what I do with no music experience so that they can then include it in the curriculum without having to get somebody external in that they can't afford. All right. You mentioned your books. What 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 are mm. your books about? What are their titles? What what are the sorts of things to whet the appetite of the teachers who are listening? Yeah, sure. So, in at the beginning of lockdown, obviously, we all had to give up work. My my industry as well as hospitality suffered greatly because obviously there was there was all the research about we can't sing. So I lost all my work in the space of 48 hours literally the phone went all my wedding gigs my choirs my choir members and my heart sank and 
for the first time ever in, in since I've left school and I became a professional singer, as soon as I left school, I said to the school, they went, what are you going to do? I went, I'm going to be a singer. And they said, what are you going to do for a proper job? I went, I'm going to be a singer and I'm going to come back and tell you one day. And I have done that, which has been amazing. Um, but I decided for my own mental health, I needed to do something. And so I brought together all my journal notes that I've been making for the last five years. And I wrote the creative songwriting journal for age seven to 12. And the, the focus of this is being to build confidence, encourage self-expression and celebrate creativity. So it's a go-to manual of my approach to songwriting and it's really easy. It's a, a journey from an idea so I start with getting children to think about who their favourite artist is. And of course, that's how we, we we have our identity through our music. And, you know, at schools, I used to see groups of girls and they'd be listening to Taylor Swift and creating a dance routine. You'd have the boys listening to rap. So you'd have these little cluster groups and they had their identity. So I, I, I'm a great lover of BBC Four's Desert Island Discs. And I've used that idea and I call it Castaway and I get kids to imagine they're on a, a desert island and what three songs would they love to listen to? And that could be done in groups. It can be done one to one and then they create a song and it could be a group song or, or one to one. And it's so powerful because kids suddenly go, oh, I can write a song, but, you know, I'm not a musician. And it's wonderful to break down that barrier. And the, the lovely thing is is you can't get it wrong. So another thing that I have apart from if you can't say it, sing it, is something called beautiful bloopers. So that's my terminology for a mistake, Dave, because I think the word mistake is a really loaded word. It's negative. It sets up all sorts of upsetting issues for a child. So if they write something and they go, oh, miss, I've got it wrong, and they cross it out, I go, it's just a beautiful blooper. Keep keep all the beautiful bloopers, because if you look at... There's a book that's come out now about Paul McCartney called Lyrics. I've got it down by the side of me. I won't pick it up because it's so heavy. It'd, it'd break your toes. And it's a compendium of all the songs that Paul McCartney's written. And it's got, you know, Ticket to Ride and I Want to Hold Your Hand. And there's crossed out lyrics and I, yeah. I will was use it, was this. It scrambled Eggs, wasn't it? Yesterday yes. started off as um, Scrambled Eggs. I scrambled think. Eggs. <laughs> da, 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 you have lovely legs. <laughs> and, it, you know, so just... <laughs> And there's loads of things like that where famous singers have, have have started with something really ridiculous. So I will take that book into schools and go, look at this. I've got one with David Bowie as well, all crossed out. Because when you when you keep the stuff that you've crossed out, the beautiful bloopers, you document your journey from where you think it went wrong to getting it right. So to keep those notes it's really powerful for a child to go, oh, yeah, I thought that that was wrong, but that beautiful blooper got me to that. So it's just reframing it, you know? I mean, Brilliant. if we look at sort of Carol Dweck, who wrote the mindset book, you're just, you're approaching it with a different mindset. Yeah, it's yeah. the glass half full, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, yeah. it's half full, yeah. is it? It's yeah. it's what you think it is, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. We, we think at, at school, we think that growth mindset is the way forward, really. And, Fantastic. And, and that's, that's so that uh, it's only by learning through your mistakes um, is, is, 
is how most of our great inventions were started off by great Absolutely. failures. Absolutely. Um, totally. Yeah. yeah. You've got to fail to, to get better. And, you know, adults are doing that all the time. And I think, I think children sometimes think that we as adults are this perfect form that never makes mistakes. And I think it's really important that we teach children that we're still doing that and we'll do that till the day we die. And it's okay to yeah. make beautiful bloopers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Eddie agrees with that, folks. He's just thank about... you, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, how can people get? Well, uh, let me ask you one more quick question before we get on to where we can get all these wonderful books and wonderful resources. Yeah. Um, uh, are you based in a particular area in the country? And you're talking mm. when you say about visiting schools. Are you talking about a particular area, or are no. you are you saying anywhere? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm based in Northamptonshire, which is pretty, it's a bit like Middle Earth. (laughs) So I literally, I'm the furthest from the sea at any given point. Um, And although I'm in Northamptonshire at the moment, I I teach in Bedfordshire. So I'm going to like Milton Keynes, Bedford, um, Hertfordshire, Northamptonshire. But I want to take these books countrywide i mean eventually it'd be great to get them into you know america and europe but i'm thinking really big but then if you don't have a dream what do you have you know so no i'm 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 going up to manchester in end of january to to deliver um the books to an inner city school so no i'm i'm going all over the place you you may not be able to answer this question yet because Mm. i know you're still in early days but um, a lot of schools listening will be saying, um, what do we do if we want to get Sophie in? How mm. much ballpark figure, how much would it cost? So they would um, need to contact, speaking of books, because they're they're my agent, obviously, representing me. So I think, and obviously this would be plus expenses. So, you know, if I had to go up to Glasgow, I would obviously have to charge for a hotel and travel expenses but ballpark figure you're looking at 475 for a day and I also do a discount of 20% on my books as well so that's that's ballpark figure 475 um, and then expenses depending on where it is thank you that's that's useful sorry to mention about money but obviously you know with no, school budgets as tight as they are people might think okay and obviously you know things like like travel and things will have to be taken into account though schools know absolutely. that absolutely yeah. um but often, can... if, if i'm in the same area then that cuts costs so you know if three schools liaise with each other and said look Sophie's coming to us, she can come to you the next day, that cuts the cost and can, can be spread around the three well, schools. That's, making that's the it much joy. Easier. That's the joy, yeah. isn't it, of something like an academy trust? Absolutely. That can buy in and, and you can go around yeah. to and get in, yeah. t- in front of a lot of students very quickly. Yeah. Where can people get hold of your books and uh, have you got a website and things that people can get in touch with you? Absolutely. So, so the two books, the Creative Songwriting Journal and the If You Can't Say It, Sing It, they can contact me either directly, which is just sophiegarner.com, or if they want to go on to the specific website to order the books, which come directly from me and they come beautifully wrapped with a free little extra goodies, because um, I'm a stationary obsessive. <laughs> 
<laughs> I live in Paper Chase and, and Tiger. Um, they can go to the creative songwriting journal dot co dot uk. Brilliant. Thank you. Sophie, thank you for your Sorry, time. Sorry, .com. Sorry, I'm oh, such okay. an idiot. The creative songwriting journal.com. And just to also say that a pound of every book goes to Young Minds, the brilliant. mental health charity. That's that's brilliant. That's thank you for that. That's 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 good to know. Uh, mm. And it's a very worthy charity. We, we They're see, a great charity. We see too many tragedies, don't we, of what the world's yes. done to our young people. Yeah, um, and suicide obviously is a major, yeah. major issue. I, I did my mental health first aid certificate, and it was just shocking to you know to to hear the things that we were hearing on the training course. So, if um, just to finish on a bit of fun, if yeah. uh, what what's the, what's your band and what what sort of music do you play? Oh gosh, Whoa, I started out as a jazz singer, so I was doing. Things like, you know, Pizza Express, Dean Street, 606 Club. Um, and, and I had a Jump Jive band with a four-part horn section, doing the 100 nice. Club, places like that. Yeah, love it. So my first love was Ella Fitzgerald, Mel Torme, Frank Sinatra, um, Ruth Brown. And then now my the thing that really excites me on stage is soul, Motown, blues. But I even do rock stuff. You know, so if I'm booked for like a wedding... I'll be doing male songs, female songs, you know, rock band. So, And you have to because, you know, a, a band, a wedding band needs to cover everything. But I also am a songwriter, obviously. Mm. So I write my own stuff and that's really eclectic. It could be slightly punky, slightly Motown. I'm a prog rock fan. So there's a bit of that going on as well. You know, there's, there's, good, there's good and bad music in every genre. So I like a massive eclectic mix, Dave. Sophie, thank you for your time today. Oh, thank you it's, so much for giving me the It's been wonderful talking to you. Long may you you get your your um, your your books out into the schools where they <laughs> needed the most. And uh, thank you. And let's hope that one day um, more schools will grasp the nettle when it comes to music because and until, understand the power of it. Yeah. And, and understand that, that that there's there's wonderful power in music. And and yeah. um, if there's any schools that are listening, uh, have a think about your curriculum and how you can yeah. use music. And so another great episode is coming to an end. Thank you all for listening. Captain Dave and Eddie will be back again next week for another learning journey on the Dogsthorpe Infant School launch pad. To dream, believe, and shine. This podcast is brought to you by Eddie Edster, the Dogsthorpe Infant School Wellbeing Dog. This delightful Cavalier King Charles Spaniel offers hugs, paw shakes and high fives to help children of every age to dream, believe and shine.